about a fr <laughs> about a friend of mine and his sister who I've never met went diving in in Greece for what they called um, uh, I believe it was diamond rock they went diamond rock diving or rock something like that which is not real obviously but um, and there was some kind of creature in the rocks that like ate their toes and fingers and they came back and she had like a fake like Lieutenant Dan like metal leg and it was a whole mess and I went over the, I just it's so funny how much of what I'm saying is irrelevant to the point of the story and I went over to his Facebook page to tell him about this dream that I had and his banner <laughs> was was the Sonic 2 Sega like intro screen the start screen sure. with the face of the old awful sonic that you posted there the before picture right <laughs> and it killed me it was hysterical the end <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah i know it's all right hi everybody oh i i just can't believe how he looks like an actual rat he looks like a real you rodent know what he looks like is a hedgehog i don't know if he does <laughs> with human teeth <laughs> oh that's terrible do you have Disney, Disney Plus, by the way? I have... Yes. Sure. <laughs> gotcha. I was going to ask on your, your thoughts about Mandalorian, if you've seen See, it. people keep asking me about my thoughts on Mandalorian. I have to tell them all the same thing, is that I don't watch it because I don't care about Star Wars. Oh, you don't? Interesting. Oh, no, not at all. Well, I want to hear this, actually. The end? No, no, like, why, what's your, like, wh why don't you care about it? Do you just, like, I don't know. It just never, never appeal didn't, to you? It's or? never done anything for me. Okay. Interesting. I have this I had this weird sort of realization. You've seen them though, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I've never seen... I never saw episode three, but that's about it. I haven't seen any of the new ones. Episode three is pretty good. Episode three is probably one of the better ones, actually. Really? With the big Vader no and... Oh, wait. Do you mean original trilogy or... No, I mean episode three. <laughs> okay. Um... Like, like 2004. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how it holds up now, to be honest. The story, well, it, it completes the story arc for Darth Vader, which is I love personally. Yeah, see, I don't, and that's well, and I've had a, some a, an interesting realization lately that I don't care about fantasy. Oh, and not not in the sense. I mean, high fantasy too, also, but like just anything that doesn't have its roots in reality in some way. And, like, in the way that this Twilight Zone, for example, is, like, almost entirely reality with just a little bit of a twist in it somewhere. Like, that's the kind of stuff that I really, really dig. Yeah. And so, like, not a superhero fan, not a Star Wars fan. And, I mean, superhero kind of goes against that a little bit because it's like, well, everything's the same except this one guy. And that's the only thing different. But for some reason, I just don't care about any of that stuff. It doesn't do anything for me. Um, unless it's games. Yeah. I will play Skyrim all day. But I play Skyrim because it's fun and I don't care about the lore at all. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a lore person, I suppose. I can't think of one thing. Do you think it's like a you're more for the experience? I think so. And like the yeah. immediate feeling that I'm I'm kind of the same way as you, I think in that The sense. experience and the atmosphere like I don't care about the lore of BioShock either. But just wandering through the world of Bioshock, I could do for the rest of my life. So, what what's the difference to you between like lore and world building? Um, 
is lore like the past of it and like what yeah lore is like like how did we get here and world building is what's happening now i guess right lore is like andrew ryan built a city under the sea to avoid dealing with bureaucracy and blah 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 and the world building or otherwise the environment of the game is wandering through all of the art design and the aesthetics with the atmosphere and stuff that you get to be a part of and everything else is stuff you just sort of hear about did you play breath of the wild yeah did you like it yeah, it was a lot of fun. Did you, how'd you feel about like this, the, uh, did you follow like the main quest at all? I mean, I did it. Did you, so, so that, that you would consider that like kind of lore then a little bit where yeah, it fills kind in of. the gaps of the story. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not particularly interested in whatever this instance of Ganon is or why. Yeah. I'm just going to go fight it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kind of in the same boat actually. I, I, it's, it's not a it's not a focus point for me, anyways. I would say, mm-hmm. I love Bre- Breath of the Wild is the, I, and I, I, Breath of the Wild is an amazing game, and I think it is because of that like micro experience. A friend of mine who is a very big Zelda fan cannot stand Breath of the Wild because there's so many things about it, and she's got a every point that she makes is great, and I agree. I think that everything she says is true, but I still really enjoy it, and I never like even knowing that it's like, why do I like this? I don't know. What is it like a It's like well like for example the entirety of the combat is effectively pointless because of the way that the weapons break and that you have to fight things to get more weapons that are just going to break when you fight things to get more weapons it's this pointless cycle of it's resource management Right but it's like I don't know you have to get a job to get money I guess it's kind of like real life a little bit <laughs> Yeah but I don't know it's just Effectively, you could do everything in the game. Yeah, I mean, you could probably get through the whole game without battling anything. Yeah, yeah, it's totally optional. Or, but except for Ganon. Right. But, like, why is this this huge component of this game completely optional? And I don't know. It's like all of the points that she makes and the reasons why she doesn't like it are all valid. Everything that she said, it's like, no, yeah, that's totally true. But it doesn't change anything in terms of how I how much I enjoy it. And I think... I Well, I feel like it's, that's the point, though. It's like it's pretty passive. Like You were uh, editing my sound review yeah. for Untitled Goose Game, and you were like, oh, you play this way differently than I do. Yes. And that's a, I think that's a mark of a good game, where like something like a Smash Bros. Melee, where like the game is just seeing infinite levels of play, mm-hmm. of like how a, a single character can be interpreted in a competitive sense or like how somebody moves a character um and they have their own style and personality through that i think breath of the wild accomplishes that as well um like i'm playing through breath of the wild again now and i i'm going all stamina baby the whole <laughs> yeah, way that's through. the way, it's the way. <laughs> I am, yeah I, i'm doing stamina all the way through and i uh I'm, i don't care about i don't care about yeah. fighting really like I, I'm, I'm i'm in the same boat as her yeah i will say though an interesting twist of the lore argument one of my things that I hate the most about Breath of the Wild is that there's all of these great places, these great environments with awesome names that really make you just like compelled to know why is it called this? What is the story behind this place? And none of it has anything. It's just another place that's a little bit different looking with nothing in it. And it always frustrates me because it's like, oh, I would love to know why this is called this. But you look at the map and you see an area you haven't been yet, especially when you pull up the thing that traces your path back and you're like, oh, I haven't been to this anything over here yet you go over there because you're really interested in what might be there even though you know in the back of your mind it's not going to be anything it's going to be more empty open space and it's just kind of frustrating for me in that way where it's like i would love to get there and see like this huge temple 
not Zelda style <laughs> temple, but like in a Skyrim sense where you go find a cave and now there's suddenly like mechanisms and stuff built into the walls and because all the temples and stuff there's not there's not particularly organic like you've got four big separate giant puzzles to solve and then the whole overworld is kind of without any of that yeah i i guess like there's no there's not a whole lot of depth kind of yeah but that's but i mean i still put 140 hours into it so i didn't care that much but <laughs> but i did yeah that was one thing where i was like man I wish I knew. Go- I wish I had a thought that going here might yield something just great. Um, and I hate that I. I really don't know if it's fair to compare Zelda to Skyrim, but it's just what's going to happen when you start exploring an open world giant map full of nothing or something or whatever. It's like the ultimate expression of that type of gameplay up to this point has been Skyrim. I think. I guess. I guess for me, Breath of the Wild then. There's like just small puzzles and like small objectives that you come across at any given moment. You walk for five seconds and in your viewpoint, without moving the camera, you're going to see three or four different things that you can be like, ooh, pretty. Mm-hmm. And you you have a you have a full buffet of things to choose from. Um, and I kind of and I kind of love that. It's like. And, and then I then I have a goal in mind, like and sometimes there's like big puzzles that come about four specific areas are like, oh, uh, I want to upgrade this gear. I want to get these things. I want to get more. I don't know. It's just like a, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. Yeah. It's it's just, I think it's on, a, I think it's just a much more of like a micro level than like a, a big picture kind of way. Yeah. And I think the biggest, I just thought of this. One of the biggest differences is that it's the first time that Zelda has dipped its toes into the world that was built by Skyrim. And otherwise, all other Zelda games have a sort of self-containment where there are a very specific type of game. Like, if you compare Breath of the Wild to Link's Awakening, like, Link's Awakening is definitely much more of a Zelda game. And I would never, ever compare Link's Awakening to Skyrim. But because of the way that Breath of the Wild is designed, it's almost inevitable. And so it just sort of lends itself to that sort of comparison in a way that it never would before, and that's what makes me wonder if it's even fair to make that comparison in the first place. I think you're right. Like, the long-term kind of, like, gameplay stuff and, like, the lore and, like, the big-picture stuff, I think that they could have done better on. Like, the temples, I thought, were kind of whatever. They were cool. They were definitely puzzles, but they weren't really, like... I didn't really feel immersed into the world in those moments, and that, and mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't why I was playing the game. Sure. I don't, think, I don't think that like matched the aesthetic of what Breath of the Wild is at its heart. Um, however, something I do think that Breath of the Wild just has this magic, the small like dynamic things that you can do. Like you can shield surf, you, mm-hmm. can, you can surf on a shield and just like get to a certain place. There's, I, I don't know. I guess there's just like a plethora of things to do all the time. And it just gives you a sense of wonder and like exploration and like, yeah. ooh, what's over here? And, and I love that. I, agree. I love that. Yes, yeah. that right, that thing. Ooh, what's over here? Like, I spent almost all of my time in that game. I rarely fast traveled and I rarely used a horse. And I just ran. I just ran from A to yeah. B because there was just something really nice about running from A to B in Breath of the Wild. And that is something that it definitely has that I haven't found in other games like that. And I haven't been able to exactly say. This is the number one component that I love that made this game last as long as it did for me. Because I don't know what it is. There is some sort of magic in it, like you say, that I can't quite put my I, I, I think it's the exploration. Mm-hmm. I think they really just, like, they really just set out to 
I mean, dude, I can't imagine how long that, how much work that game must have taken. Oh yeah. To like, they have to test every corner where he's climbing. I mean, you can. It's just dude, yeah. the. You know what it is? Okay, this is this is what I meant by the micro gameplay. I think that they executed almost flawlessly on making a one-to-one mind to action with Link and the controller. So like I can control and do things so easily in that game mm-hmm. and I can and I there's like no limits really and like if I want to do something I have so much control over how I want to do that specific thing and there's so many ways to do those specific things too. There's no shortage of unique ideas or ways to solve something. Mm-hmm. If there's a million enemies in front of you, you will always have one or multiple ways to tackle that new thing. And that kind of brings back into like the weapons thing you were talking about. Yeah. Because I kind of feel like the weapons, the fact that they do have so many different weapons and they get utilized and such, that adds a, a new dynamism in the gameplay itself. Well, to be able to like change the weapons yeah. throughout as you're playing. And I saw a video of someone defeating Ganon by using the stasis freeze on him and then just blasting him in the face over and over and over. And then when it unfroze, he just... With, with like bombs or... Just, I think it was arrows or just sword. Just the, just hitting him with as much of an attack as they could in the time that he was frozen in stasis. And then sure. when he unfroze, it was enough damage to kill him. Just all the way to the end, dead. And it was like... I could play this game a thousand times, and I don't think I ever would have thought to use that on him. But the fact that you can, and that it works, and that it works so well, like that lends itself to exactly what you're talking about, where it's like there is a very long list of ways that you can do anything you want in that game, which is great. And you'll you'll never find all of it, right? Like you'll never do it all. Like, th- did you know you can pick up a cuckoo? Yes. In Breath of the Wild, and throw it at an at like a giant or something yeah. like that. Or a, or a Hennix, and it, the, a bunch of cuckoos will just come out of nowhere and start attacking the Hennix. That big <laughs> sandworm thing in the desert, like you, you're supposed to throw bombs at it for it to swallow, but if you throw a chicken instead, it'll it'll <laughs> bite the chicken, and then they'll all come in and attack it for you. And it's like, that's fantastic. Dude, it's it's amazing. You can do that. Oh, yeah. That's, uh... Well, even just, even just some of the puzzle stuff where it's like, uh, you know, I've got this big flat steel plate just sitting here, and if I use stasis on it, hit it a bunch of times, and then stand on it, it's going to launch me on top of it like a flying carpet yeah. somewhere off into the distance. That's great. What a cool thing. Actually, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey both accomplish that sort of, like, the dynamism that Oh, they're very similar. Here. There never has Mario and Zelda been so similar in their construction than those two games. They had to be made side by side. And I love it. I love both of those games. Well, okay, so I think that the problems that your friend has with with Breath of the Wild yeah. seem like they're solved in Mario Odyssey. Because you just have one weapon the entire game, basically. Yeah, but it, I mean, I can't play. I don't care about Mario Odyssey. I haven't played. Once I started Mario Odyssey, I realized I hadn't played a Mario game since 64. And it was a really interesting thing to see how similar the controls were. As somebody who hadn't played Mario since then, it was like, oh, this still does this. This is still the long jumps. This is still the butt slam. Like, all these controls are the way they were in Mario 64. That's really cool. But uh, I played it for a while, but I don't care about it. I just didn't hook me at all. Okay. And I thought that was odd because I will play play Mario World all day long. I will play Mario 3. I have no problem playing that all day long. I don't know. I'm not sure why. I didn't get into Odyssey, but... I, I still haven't really played Odyssey that much. Um, 
I I love I love Nintendo so much. Yeah. Nintendo is probably one of my favorite companies. I'm so glad they found a way for me to not be upset with them. <laughs> <laughs> what the the Switch. Yeah, oh right, right. The Switch is amazing. Because I hated I hated the Wii. The Wii U is a waste of time. So it's like, well, I haven't been able to play a Nintendo game for 10 years. And now I can because yeah. I have a Switch. And that's very exciting because I've always liked Nintendo. Everybody has. Yeah. It, it, they did have like a dark period where like... I, so like the Zelda series in particular... Actually, going back to people that dislike Breath of the Wild, a lot of people complain about like the sound and the music in Breath of the Wild. How is that possible? Well, people also just complain about Breath of the Wild because it's not a real Zelda game. Yeah. And like, they're right, it's different, but... It's the best Zelda game. Breath of the Wild is the best Zelda game. I mean, Ocarina of Time is really good. Uh, I think most people who are going to argue that would say that Wind Waker is the best Zelda game. Um, that's that's fair. I, I like Wind Waker a lot. I don't think you can compare them. I think Breath of the Wild. I, I think you're right. I think part of the problem is it's, it's one of the problems that I have with Jurassic Park 2, 3, 4, 5, whatever. Fine movies... If they didn't say Jurassic Park on them. Yeah. Because JP1 is so specifically good for such specific reasons that none of the other movies touch. It's like this movie would be totally fine if it was like Billy and the Clonosaurus. But... <laughs> and that's I feel like that might be kind of the same problem with Zelda. Is like you have a very specific Zelda formula. And so in the world of Zelda games being what a Zelda game is... Wind Waker's the best. And Breath of the Wild, if it had a different name, would probably make every single Zelda fan who hates Breath of the Wild love it. If it wasn't a Zelda Probably. Game. That's probably true. Objectively, in my opinion, regardless of, like, game type or, like, Breath of the Wild is probably the best Nintendo-made game ever. Like, just in terms of general quality. Oh, man, what an order that is. That's tall. What, what is, what's better? I mean, you can, you can maybe say, oh, well, I guess, like, considering the time of, like, when oh, it came out. Oh, that's tough. Like, you don't want to incorporate that, because then you just never, yeah. You can't, yeah. Because, I, I mean, Mario 3, for example, is like, ugh. Mario 3 is so good. Hmm. Same with Super Mario World and Link to the Past. I love those games so much. Mario? Yoshi's Island is amazing. Ugh, man. Mario, Super Mario World is is something else. Maybe, maybe Super Mario RPG. <laughs> that's not Nintendo made, though. Is it? Is it not? It's a Square Enix. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I knew it was a Squaresoft game. I know the Squaresoft was involved. I wasn't sure if it was they got developer credits on that or not. But I, I assumed that I assumed that Nintendo just like gave the license rights. But I'm, yeah. I'm not. I might be wrong. I think I don't know. I think you might be right because I was gonna say Chrono Trigger too, but that's just the best Super Nintendo game. It's not a Nintendo. Oh, game. oh so good. <laughs> uh, Carlos is obsessed with that game. Speaking of which, something Force Heroin. That's a game. Oh boy, hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> How you guys doing? Cosmic yeah. Star. Hey, Skosh is here. Oh. Oh, what's good. Skosh, what's up? Cosmic uh, Star Heroine, <laughs> with an E. Heroine. 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 Oh, hero. Okay, I see. Uh, Kosh recommended this to me as like Chrono Trigger in spirit, 100%. And I look at it, and it looks like the kind of game that I'm really gonna enjoy, but I haven't played it yet. But that was just I thought of that. Um. You know what I've been listening to a lot lately? What? I've been listening to Chrono Cross music. Well, yeah, because it's as good as it gets. It is probably Matsuda's best work. Galdev theme. And it sounds uh, so good. 
The recording on that is so speaking of yeah, damn good. How did PS1 Haggard exist when this, Yes, at the same time <laughs> at as the Chrono same Cross. time as the Chrono Cross soundtrack. Yeah. Not only that, but a year after Chrono Cross came out. <laughs> you did it really? <laughs> yes. Chrono Cross was 99-2000. Oh my god, that's so funny. It's disgusting. Oh. That's <laughs> hilarious. That Ah, oh, yeah, Chrono Cross's soundtrack is so good. It is... I. It's so funny that they both existed at the same time. I know. It is awful. <laughs> it's it's it an awful. unfortunate thing. I, I'm genuinely curious, though. Like, What's better than Breath of the Wild? From Nintendo as like their A1 team. T um, to date. You could argue Ma Mario Odyssey. I'll, I'll say that. I, I think you could argue Mario Odyssey in terms of like general quality. Like, because Skyward Sword... Twilight Princess it does not compare. I'm getting I'm getting mired up in the definition of better because it's like can you compare Mario Odyssey to Zelda Breath of the Wild? Probably not. I, I think that just like in terms like attention to detail and quality and like what can be done. Mario Odyssey. It just just depends on what you value, I guess. To me, yeah. I it's just it's uh, best game on the Switch. Yeah, like, hands down. Mario Odyssey. Even though I don't really care about it that much. As much as I've played, there is not a single thing wrong with that game. There's nothing. Nothing wrong yeah. with it. Every single tiny individual detail of which there are, are infinite, it's really impressive. It might be it might be their best game. It's, it's a good argument. I can agree with the, the incentive that Mario Odyssey is that. Yeah, the two how else are you supposed to play Mario Odyssey without two-player mode? What? Carl. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you have friends. I don't have any friends. <laughs> so are I you kidding me? By myself. Nintendo really thinks that their audience are like the cool kids in school. Well, <laughs> they are just, not. That's never been true. <laughs> that's never been true. <laughs> it's like, look, go back and look at all of their like play it loud campaigns from the 90s. Like, that's not. Nintendo notoriously doesn't get it. <laughs> like, they don't understand the internet. They don't understand what any of us are doing all day long. But they sure do That's know true. how to make a game. <laughs> they are they're closing that gap, I think, a little bit more and more. Oh yeah, they're working on it. I think I think most of their stuff is just like the online connectivity and such. Yeah, yeah they're they've never understood how the internet works. The fact that they went from Skyward Sword to Breath of the Wild is insane. Yes. Skyward Sword was so bad. Was it really? I've never heard anyone say that. I've never heard anyone talk about it at all. It's it's like Good a, or bad. it's a pretty mediocre especially like seeing the comparison. Yeah to what Breath of the Wild is. Like, Skyward Sword is just stiff and, like, spaced out, and th there's just no personality or substance to it. it just, things just happen, and it's formulaic. Welcome and... to the world of Waggle. Waggle? That's Waggle. That's what you do with a Wiimote. You oh, right, right, yes. That is a, is a trademarked description of what you do. Yeah, the Wii is not something that Nintendo... You know what? I'm... D despite the Wii... Like, I totally get why you don't like the Wii and the Wii U. Thank God that Nintendo is at least doing something different. What's the difference yes. between an Xbox and a PlayStation? It's a brand. Oh, now you've done it. No, really. Like, what's the difference? <laughs> no, you're right. The, like, Nintendo's the only thing that's doing something interesting. <laughs> Nintendo has refused for 30 years to stop being a toy. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we would very sorely miss if we lost Nintendo as a developer. Yeah. Yeah. But... When you do things like the Wiimote and the Waggle and all that <laughs> crap, like there's 
there is a complete dearth of substance to any of the Wii games because of the fact that they have to incorporate that godforsaken remote. What you just described as being wrong with Skyward Sword is like, that's what's wrong with every single game on the Wii, is that it just lacks any sort of substance because it can't have it because you have to wiggle yeah. this thing at the TV. You know what was a good Wii game, though? Mario Galaxy is excellent. I've heard that, yes. And it's like, you, even even in the face of Waggle, Mario can't be bad. Yeah. Which is great for them. And and they, they did a really good job with it. They they just basically made the Waggle, it's sort of like a second jump in, in spin form. Really well done. It has, to, it has to take a gimmick. It has to take a backseat gimmick role. Yeah. Yes. In the one game that it's best in, it barely is used. It's like... You know, even on the PS4 with that touchpad on the controller, like nobody's using that shit. Yeah, it's all you know, it's all fluff. I mean, having having that kind of like one-to-one control is so uh, that's not easy to execute on. But then you see the Switch and you're like, oh, I see. Everything that happened over the last ten years makes sense. Yeah, I mean, they were kind of building up to it, right? And so it's like we basically were just playing with prototypes and nobody knew they, it. They Nintendo has enough money to afford to do that. Yeah, especially now. After the GameCube days, we weren't so sure. But then they went and bought a bunch of money presses in the shape of little white boxes, and now they can do whatever they want. <laughs> That's true. The, the <laughs> Nintendo has so much money. It was something I heard. I read the stat. Like, oh, I can't wait to hear this. Nintendo has so much money that they can lose fifty million dollars every year and not go bankrupt till twenty fifty. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> they just have them. They just have money. That's just all of the money. Every my all the dollars in my bank account in my room. All printed by Nintendo at some point. That's an old stat, and it's probably gone up to like 2060 or 2070 after the Switch sales. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, Nintendo, you know how Genghis Khan, <laughs> anyone in 200 people currently living can trace themselves back to Genghis Khan. Right. Because of how much of a bastard he was. That's kind of how Nintendo is now. Like, every dollar that you find probably... Went through Nintendo at some point. <laughs> so, with the, fun fact, Nintendo actually used to be have like really crappy practices with uh, their developers that would who would put their games on uh, NES. Um, oh yeah, before the seal of approval. Like, because they Nintendo, if it wasn't, if it was like a third-party developer, Nintendo would take like seventy percent of the game's profits. Oh, Nintendo would take seventy percent. Yes. Yes, that's that does sound familiar. It's a lot. Yeah, that's a it's, whole it's, bunch. It's, and I don't know if it was that exactly, but like it was, it was like not even worth it to go on other consoles. And I guess I'm trying to think of like what it, an interesting point that makes me think of is Nintendo hasn't had competitively strong third-party support since the Super Nintendo until now-ish. Like the Switch is getting it back. Uh, well, they just they just walled everybody off, really. Well, yeah. Well, I think it's a combination of walling people off intentionally or walling people off technologically, where it's like, well, Sony, you know, PlayStation came out and they have discs and everything's cheaper and better there than the cartridges. So we're all going to jump ship. And then GameCube, it was more of the same. Did you know that the PlayStation 1 was created as a result of a failed collaboration between Nintendo and Sony? Oh, yeah. Oh, I've heard, yeah, I know that story very well. It's insane. They, they have a failed console, and, like, basically they... Yes, because Sony was working with Nintendo to make a CD drive add-on for the Super Nintendo. Or, no, for uh, N6... No, yeah, Super Nintendo, you're right. Um, and, and then they dropped out. And then at the last minute, they were like, no, no, wait, this is this is a good... We're keeping this. And then, and then Sony... Well, so Nintendo dropped out, 
and Sony were just sitting <laughs> sitting in the conference room and were just like, and they're just like, oh, what do we do now? And then they were just like, yeah, we can just finish it. <laughs> and then, yeah, let's finish it. We'll just put games on this. And uh, and then Nintendo was like, whoops. Then Nintendo created one of their biggest competitors, and now PlayStation is like 70% of Sony's business. So good. It's crazy that Nintendo brought one of their own greatest what competitors into the market. Have in this? They've got something. I mean, they, there's a Philips CDI. I don't know. No, yeah, I know. That's not what I'm thinking of. I can't remember. It is time for Google, because I'm also curious. And also, I will say that the fact that the PlayStation came around is probably the reason why we are able to have audio files yeah. like we can, because before that, you could only add in uh, samples. Can you imagine if Sony never? I mean, Sega Saturn was doing CD stuff too. So I think, I mean, it was only really a matter of time. But I do wonder if Sony hadn't burned Nintendo so hard, if they would have bothered putting GameCube on discs. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up now. Instead of announcing a partnership between Sony and Nintendo at 9 a.m. the day of the CES, I don't know what that is, but it's probably something big. Consumer Entertainment. Nintendo chairman Howard Lincoln stepped onto the stage and revealed that Nintendo was now allied with Philips, and Nintendo was planning on abandoning all previous work Nintendo mm. and Sony had accomplished. Oh. Oh, right, and then Philips... Okay, yeah. And then Philips were going to do an add-on for the N64 with and that CD drives. Never happened, and then that became the CDI? No, the CDI... Yeah, when did the CDI come out? Philips CDI. I'm surprised your computer didn't explode when you typed it. <laughs> it was developed by Philips and Sony together. What? I didn't know Sony was involved. Oh boy, you heard it here first. I didn't know that either. 1990 is when CDI was released, so that was Ew, way before. Never mind. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. That's very interesting. That must have been where the idea came from, where Sony's like, well, let's just, we'll just make CD drives for everybody. <laughs> Huh, so this is something I'm going to have to look into more on another time. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that. I saw, there was a video that I saw on YouTube. Somebody had actually managed to get their hands on a working prototype of the Nintendo CD drive. The Sony Nintendo drive. Wait, you? This is a YouTube video. Someone found one. <laughs> wow. And yeah. And it was real interesting to look at. I don't... I say that it was working, but I often I wonder now if maybe that's not true. But I think they were either trying to make it work, or some other thing. That's but really yeah, it was like whole. It, it was it was fascinating. It was a really cool thing. If you look it up on YouTube, I'm sure you'll find that's it. That's crazy. So to to close off this entire thing, um, going back to like last week's episode where we talked about Sonic mm -hmm. and all that, uh, we, we were talking about how bad PlayStation One graphics can look. Yeah. Crash Bandicoot though. Crash Bandicoot tore down walls in terms of innovating how good 3D can look. Yeah. So much to the point where Sony actually went up, like asked them specifically how they did it. Like they had no idea how they were able to manipulate the PlayStation to show graphics like Crash Bandicoot. I mean, that's still true of Naughty Dog. Like, oh yeah. You look at Uncharted all that and it's like, how in the world did they get this system to look this way? Yeah. And they've always done that. And it's like, no, Naughty Dog is insane. They're insane. And it's fantastic. And I'm sure, I mean, that's got to be in-house engine, right? There's nothing, there's no other way. I mean, yeah, but they they had to, uh, I don't know. I don't really know anything about how games were developed on like NES or Super Nintendo, to be honest. Yeah, I don't, I don't know enough about game development 
to know what it means to make your own engine. I know that Square Enix made their own engine for Final Fantasy 13, and it also was one of the best looking things I had ever seen. So making an engine isn't, it's, it's weird to describe. When you make a- Uncharted 4 runs on an in-house game engine created by Naughty Dog, namely Naughty Dog Game Engine. Oh, nice. Um, so making a game engine, basically instead of calculating all the physics ourselves in a game engine or like having all these preset things, mm -hmm. you can create your own game engine that does its own stuff to do something similar. Um, so like if your game is doesn't have gravity, then you can build your own game engine without physics. Or sorry, if your game doesn't have physics, then you get what I'm saying, though. And, and it's programmed all from scratch too, like building the UI interface and building, building like how like things get integrated into the game and how like. Yeah, and that's that's always interesting to me because it's like you're basically just building like a platform to build the game. Game engines are about you know pu pumping a bunch of code into a thing, but that thing itself is made of code, and so somebody has to make the thing that makes the engine. And like, where does that start? Where does that stop? Oh no! Yeah, yeah, no. It's it's definitely like a right. And and yeah. And what is it, what are the tools at step one to make the tools to make the tools? What are the tools to make the tools to make the game? <laughs> and I try not to. I don't try to think about that too much because that's impossible to understand. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, what is Unity built on? Because it uses C sharp to make stuff, but would you make changes to Unity in C-sharp, or would it be something totally different? Uh, I actually don't know how Unity is built specifically, um, but I know that like Unity is modular, so anything that exists inside of Unity, mm -hmm. you can change. So like, there's like a tagging system, for example. You can actually make it so that you can add additional tags to Unity. Um, like you can create an application that does that for you. Cool. You can make like an RPG maker or like a visual coding system like you, Unreal has within Unity and make that work in your code. And so pe they, people sell things like that on the Unity Asset Store. What a time to be alive. The end. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All right, we're getting... Yeah, long in the, long in the tooth here. Yeah. Anywho, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining everybody. If you haven't yet, come to the Discord server and hang out with us if you're listening to the archive. And... Uh, yeah, if you're looking to learn some game audio stuff, come join the game audio training series and uh, yeah, listen to any episode besides this one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, uh, come hang out with us in Discord, and we'll catch you guys in the next podcast episode. Thank you so much for joining. Say bye. We're we're not very good at what we do, so <laughs> <laughs> we're we're trying to learn how to get better.